welcome to the Damp Detectives podcast, investigating the causes of and the solutions to damp and mould in your home. Welcome back. We're here again to talk about damp in all its various forms. I'm here with Robert Horn, CEO of Damp Detectives, and we're tackling the rather airy subject of ventilation today. So, Robert, kicking off, is ventilation generally all it's cracked up to be? Well, in a word, no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the irony about this is if we go back to when they started building homes donkeys years ago, in the 70s, we're talking about, say, in the 70s, we always had great ventilation then because there was a lot of leaky windows, there were flues, I chimneys. <laughs> so there was plenty of ventilation. It wasn't necessarily that you're actually opening your windows. The house basically leaked. So to cut down our carbon emissions, which is basically where this all started, we were cutting down our carbon emissions to help the planet. Brilliant idea. Not a problem. So the government then starts looking towards how we're going to cut down our emissions. The emissions are basically use less energy. Therefore, we're going to cut down carbon. So make them thermally efficient. And gradually, over the past 50 years, we've been making them thermally efficient. But that's evolved into sealing up. So we've now got to the point where we're totally sealed up. And there is no ventilation. So suddenly, we've now gone from perfect ventilation, but very poor thermal quality, to great thermal quality and terrible ventilation. So what do we actually do? We start knocking holes in the house. <laughs> we put in more extractor fans, we put in passive vents, we put in positive input ventilators, all sorts of things. And we put in trickle vents. We're effectively now knocking a load of holes in the house. So how is that going to help our thermal efficiency? Because at the end of the day, the external walls of the house are thermally efficient, but now inside the house it isn't because it's freezing cold. <laughs> and the problem occurs in the winter when we have our moisture and condensation problems. And that's the time when the temperature is right down. And that's the time when people say, my house is now cold. I will now shut off my vents. I will now shut off my passive vents because you can't have both. You can't have thermally efficient houses and ventilation. So ventilation is really the wrong word. So I was just thinking, you talking about that, you can't shut it off. I have a wet room at the back of my flat, which has one of these extractor vents. And in the winter, I have to put a shaped sponge around because a light bulb is in the middle of this vent. Oh, right. To stop the freezing cold air coming in. Yes. Which is exactly what you say, just knocking a hole in a wall, basically. An extractor fan is simply a hole in the wall with a motor attached. And when the extractor fan isn't pushing air out, it's simply letting cold Allowing air... Allowing cold allow air to come in. And that is ventilation. And in fact, if you simply had one extractor fan in one room and you had a vent or something in another room, the amount of airflow is huge. So you don't need vents all over the place. Gotcha. It's kind of lack of understanding of what's actually going on. 
I get you. If we have these passive vents, the window vents and extractor fans, and sometimes dehumidifiers, which we hear about all the time, why are we still getting condensation and mould in many homes if all these things are in place to get rid of damper mould? Ah, well, you see, the thing about ventilation, the passive vents, the window vents, extractor fans, all that, that is actually saying that... The person living in there is the problem. They're actually saying it's lifestyle. It's because we're washing, breathing, we're being alive. How dare we be alive? How <laughs> dare we have a bath? You know, all this stuff that we have built up a huge industry over it. And all this stuff is simply saying that extractor fans and things are dealing with the moisture that we put in the air because we're alive and we're living. Can you imagine? This is the craziness of the whole scenario. Because we are building houses that are thermally efficient and sealed. We then have to knock holes in them to make them livable. Then we start blaming the people for actually being there and actually creating the problem. If you were talking, the lovely thing about children is the fact that they see life in simplicity. And they haven't been indoctrinated by politics, PC, all sorts of problems. So at the end, if you actually went to a four-year-old and said, this is what we're doing, we're making houses that are thermally efficient and totally sealed up, and then we knock holes in them so we can live in them, I expect the child will probably go, it's a bit stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What planet are you on? Why are you doing that? And the lovely thing about kids is they speak what they think, and what they think they say is fact. So we have totally confused ourselves. We've been indoctrinated. Lifestyle, 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 lifestyle. You say that long enough for 50 years, you know, you will be indoctrinated in it. But it's indoctrination, dare I say the word, we are being indoctrinated down the wrong road. But it's conditioning as much as indoctrinated, isn't it? It's Perhaps being indoctrination is not PC. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just another word, isn't it? Why, if we're increasing the insulation in our homes, do we find that the external walls can get colder? We often think that it's the north wall of your home is the coldest. Is there any science or any reason for that? Well, well no. If we look at the weatherman... Go and see the weatherman on our tellies and they're standing there in front of the big screen and they're showing you the wind and there's the rain coming next week and all this sort of thing. And up comes lots of little digits, 15 degrees here, 20 degrees there. Yes. These are temperatures in the shade, okay? They're not telling you the sunny temperature when you're out there in your swimsuit. They're telling you that when you're standing in the shade, that's the temperature that they're expecting to see. So a north okay. wall is simply a wall in the shade. It's nothing to do with the fact that it faces north and we think that everything coming from the north is going to be cold. I mean, OK, they think that in Scotland it's colder than it is down in Plymouth, OK, but that's only geographical. It's nothing to do with the fact that it's facing north or anything like that. Using the weatherman analogy as well is that they constantly say it's only cold that comes down from the north, <laughs> isn't it? Simplistic terms. Yes. Which is why people, I think, get that idea that, oh, right, anything north... Yes. Whether it's a wall or a country, is going to be cold. No, that's very true. And, of course, we consider anything coming from the north, coming from the Arctic, it's bringing down north it's temperatures. It's freezing cold. Absolutely. But the point is, as far as a house is concerned, there are 24 million homes in this country. 
of which quite a few are facing north. <laughs> so yes. I would say, do you find that the people who are facing north are all walking around with big coats on? Do you come out of the south side of your house wearing your T-shirt and a pair of shorts and then promptly put on a big coat so you can go around the other side of the house? To the north no, side. it's absolute rubbish. So all it is is purely and simply, the only difference is the fact that the south side, if the sun is there, will warm it up because it radiates lovely lots of warmth. Mm. But the difference is the north wall is purely and simply in the shade. It's not cold. It's the ambient temperature. So... If the weatherman is saying that's 20 degrees out there, that north wall is going to be 20 degrees. But let's just take that one little bit further. We've now got cavity walls. Yep. So the north wall is no longer your bedroom. It's no longer your actual wall. You've then got a cavity. You've got insulation in that cavity. And now you've got an internal wall. And that's the wall, although they're all still on the north side. Yep. So... If the external wall is affected by the external ambient temperature, the internal wall is affected by the internal ambient temperature. Understood. So it should be that if it's zero outside, the external wall is cold, but you've got your insulation, you've got your internal wall, and if you're 20 degrees inside, that internal wall should be 20 degrees. It takes the energy of the 20 degrees. So... The fact that it's a north wall has got nothing to do with it. Right. Now, I've been told continuously, because as we talked about last time, I have various damp issues <laughs> in my squalid home. People are constantly talking about dehumidifiers right. to help dry my clothes, to cut down on condensation generally in the home. They seem to talk about it like it's some sort of damp and mould panacea. If you get a dehumidifier in your home, all those issues will be solved. Now, put me right whether that is so or not. The answer is no. Thank you. Let's solve that. <laughs> Funnily enough, at five o'clock this morning, I was going on Google, looking up a few things, and I saw a fabulous advert for a dehumidifier, which said that the comfortable relative humidity should be 40%, and therefore you should have a dehumidifier to set it at 40%. <laughs> this country doesn't have a relative humidity of 40%. There is no way, when you go outside... It will be 60, 70 percent in the summer. It's 90 percent, you know, and you think, what is going on? Why are they selling this kind of misinformation? Because in the end, the only way you're going to get a relative humidity of 40 percent is up a mountain, the Austrian mountains or somewhere in Colombia or somewhere like that. Yep. Because in this country, we have a temperate climate and a temperate climate does not have a relative humidity of 40%. And for those of you who may not quite understand what relative humidity is, if it's very, very humid and the relative humidity would be very high, like if you're standing in the Malaysian jungle. Absolutely. Really, really, and if you're standing in Antarctica and there's absolutely no moisture in the air at all, the relative humidity would be zilch. So that's basically a general description of the amount of moisture in the air as to whether it's a comfortable feeling. Now, in this country, we don't walk out of the house going, oh, my God, it's so humid. <laughs> no, we don't. It's a temperate atmosphere. And therefore, the 40% is totally a misinformation. And totally inappropriate. But they're selling dehumidifiers 
on that kind of recommendation. Obviously, not lots of them are, but this particular firm, when I Googled it this morning, I thought, whoa, where are they coming from? They're sort of presenting a problem that doesn't exist. Yes. And so we can fix it for you, but actually you haven't even got that problem. No, I mean, I, I was in Borneo about 20 years ago, and that was when you stepped outside the front door. That hit you. There yes. I could have done with it. <laughs> because you were damp from that humidity. And as you say, in this country, we're not. No. So, but people have told me about these dehumidifiers, the less expensive ones. So when you use them, we know it's working because there's a great pool of water in the bottom. And that's the water it's taking out of the atmosphere. So it must be working. Well, if you look in context, it's a not a large amount of water in that dehumidifier anyway. <laughs> you living, breathing and cooking puts a certain amount of water Are in creating the moisture. You create and therefore it's taking a bit out. But at the end of the day, if you simply open the window, you will have perhaps more humidity at 10 o'clock in the morning and less humidity at 9 o'clock at night or vice versa. So yeah. unless you've got buckets and buckets and buckets of water coming out of the air, that dehumidifier is just not relative to the situation. And I know it's banded about a lot that if you're going to dry your clothes, you should be using a dehumidifier. Well, all you could do is crack open a window every now and then and then shut it again. And many people cannot actually pay for the running costs of a dehumidifier. They're incredibly expensive, aren't they? Well, in, in a way, is they to are... To run, I mean. Well, they cost maybe about two to three pounds a day. Now, somebody could argue that's not much. But if you're on benefits, that's a huge amount. 21 pounds a week taken out of your benefits just to run a dehumidifier. Absolutely. It's a huge amount of money. It's the best part of 100 quid a month. Is well, that, that's a fast amount It's 100 money. quid less on your food that you're going to buy. Yeah, And it's totally not necessary. I mean, I'm not an advocate for completely banning dehumidifiers, but what I'm simply saying is there is a place for a dehumidifier, yes, but there is also a place where it's totally not necessary. And there's a lot of marketing that puts out dehumidifiers are essential to your life, and that isn't right. Understood. If you have any questions or queries for future podcasts, then you can email robert at dampdetectives.co.uk and you could be part of the next show. The Damp Detectives podcast, investigating damp and mould in your home. A slightly different tangent. I've heard that you can have very long pipes that take extractor fans into the loft. How's that relevant to what we were talking about? Well, it's to do with the efficiency of ventilation. And okay. the great thing about ventilation is you can only blow a balloon until the balloon gets so big and then the pressure in the balloon is so much you can't blow anymore. So an extractor fan is a little motor that's pushing air. So if you've got to push air a short distance, it's very simple. So normally an extractor fan is stuck in an outside wall. It's only pushing it 20 centimetres out it goes, not a problem. When you start lengthening the pipe, and there's a government, it's called Government Document F. Thank you. <laughs> For those nerds out there who want to know which one it is. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> it basically says that any flexible pipe from an extractor fan should be no more than one and a half metres. Right. It's because the pipe is also, A, it's flexible, and B, 
the more you push wet air down a pipe, the more it cools down, the more it condenses, and you end up with loads of water in the pipe. In the pipe, yes. Yes, I get you. So if you end up with a flexible pipe, you eventually, as it goes between that rafter that's holding it up and that rafter that's holding it up, you end up with a dip as the water starts to accumulate in the pipe, and you end up with a U-bend, lovely U-bend. Gathering water. Yeah, full of water, and now you can't pump the air. So now you have a whirring away extractor van, but it's not actually doing anything. Lots of people think, well, because I've pulled the plug and it's whirring away, it's working. No, it ain't working. (laughs) Just because it whirs away doesn't mean it's working. You see, I think also (laughs) that is reflecting, I think, what's going on in the wet room of my place because that small vent in the shower area vents on a wall 15 feet away. Oh, yeah, it's way too far. <laughs> it's way too far. Which is why won't be venting I, it. I open a window in yeah. winter or summer. Yes. Because with that fan on, which comes on automatically when you turn the light on, it still steams up. The mirrors are steamed up. The window's steamed up. So I can't turn it off, but it's not doing anything. No. And you've just explained why it's not doing anything. But the interesting thing is we're paranoid about allowing our shower room to steam up. Because we say, oh, it's condensation, steam, Uh, steam, steam, you can't have that. Now, hang on a minute. You're going to have a shower, so you get steam. Great, that's not the problem. Bit of condensation running down the walls while you're having a shower is not the problem. The problem is when you've finished your shower and you've gone and you come back into that bathroom five hours later and it's still streamed with condensation. That's the problem. And that is when the house is not allowing that moisture to actually dissipate out of the building. I mean, the point is, when we go and have a shower, we have a shower, fine. Within 30 seconds, the steam's gone. Within 15 minutes, there's no water on the walls. It's all gone completely. So that's the difference. And when we talk about ventilation... Some people are concentrating too much on the fact that there is steam and they think that that steam will contaminate the whole of the house and make it absolutely wet. But no, that steam is only a temporary thing. The concern is, is that condensate on the walls actually disappearing? If it doesn't disappear within an hour, you've got a problem. If it hasn't got somewhere to go. Yes, it should evaporate back into the air and be carried away. That's all it is. Now, you've mentioned that opening windows is not venting a property. It's what we've been touching on now, me opening the wet room window and everything. Can you explain that a bit more? Because I would have just opened the window and thought, oh, that's what's got rid of the steam. Yes. But the point is, there are two things getting wet in a house. One is people living. Yep. But the other one is the actual house getting wet. And so... If you've got a situation, because we've sealed our houses up, we are now simply getting our houses wet. Opening the window is generally dealing with the moisture you're putting into the house by you living. So now the house is completely sealed, so we crack open a window to have an exchange of air. Fine. But there are two parts to this, because we talk about venting a property. We're not actually venting the property. We're venting us. All we're doing is we're venting the moisture that we put in the air. But because the property is now completely sealed, Mr Glazer in 1958 already worked out that a property will get damp different ways. Moisture will go into the cavity walls. Moisture will go into flat roofs. It will go into all sorts of places. And that moisture is not controlled 
by you opening the windows. That moisture is now a different moisture. That moisture is within the structure of the building. And therefore, just simply opening the windows doesn't help. So if your house now has a moisture problem because it's in the structure of the building, it doesn't matter what you do, you will end up with condensation and mould. And I suspect that's what's going on with my home because that fits the criteria. No matter how much I open the windows, I still have these areas of damp. To just expand, the building research establishment quite a few years ago did some brilliant tests carried out working on Mr Glazer's method because Mr Glazer, in 1958, had no vision of how houses were going to be built today. All he knew, all he could see, was the cavity walls and what was happening in the houses in the 50s and 60s. So now we have completely different houses. And the houses now are built in a completely different way. Some of them are timber-framed. Some of them have got external render. They've got insulation on the outside, insulation on the inside, insulation in the middle. None of this came into his calculations. But the industry that builds our insulation and the materials that go in these walls still use glazers formulae for working out how fast moisture permeates their building materials. So the BRE carried out these experiments and they found, incredibly interestingly enough, that in certain conditions, fully insulated cavity walls will have moisture permeating into them They will get wet because they're not vented and they get wet and wetter and wetter. It accumulates. So it accumulates from November, December, January, February, the wet sort of months and the cold months. It accumulates and accumulates and accumulates and accumulates and gets very wet inside the cavity. And then when it's starting to dry out, May, June, July, August, sometimes they just can't dry out. It won't dry out. It's not able to dry out. It's not able to dry out fast enough. So, in effect, that house stays wet, ready for the next year. It never physically dries. And there's a government document which actually explains, they did tests as well, using a more modern form of calculation, the German Wuffy test, German calculations. And they were saying that, yes, okay, if building regulations allow a cavity to get wet during the winter and dry out in the summer... I always think that's completely backwards because you don't want it getting wet in the winter. (laughs) That's the one time when you get mold and condensation. But that's a slightly different story. But the point is, they allow it to get wet if it gets dry in the summer. But it's been proved that it doesn't get dry in the summer. It's staying wet. stays wet. So you end up a wet house. And somebody can say, okay, I've got a house. It's 10 years old. It's 20 years old, 15 years old. It's now... I've got a lot of mould problems. I'll move. My wonderful house now is no good. It's hell. I'm going. So they go. They paint it all up. They go. And these moisture doesn't show up on a normal metre on a wall. So you get house by a surveyor goes in. Dry, 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 dry. Not a problem. Writes out his report. Next people come in. The house is still wet. Within the fabric of the building. And therefore they come in within six months. They have exactly the same problems. So the difference is when you're venting with a window and you open a window, you're not venting the house. You're venting you and your lifestyle, but you're not venting the house. You have to do other things to vent the house. So, Robert, 
there's something I'm dying to ask now in <laughs> response to what you've just said. If putting extractor fans and banging holes, as you've been talking about, in the walls doesn't ventilate and opening windows doesn't ventilate, then it begs the question, do tell us what will ventilate the building, not the people, a damp building Yes. How do you ventilate it? Right. Well, the point is, as you quite rightly said, you can have holes in the walls and you can open the windows and you are ventilating you, your lifestyle, yep. not ventilating the structure of the building. Now, the structure of the building, Mr. Glazer in 1958 yep. realised quite happily and came up with this formula that moisture passes through membranes. It's called interstitial condensation. Basically, condensation that happens in between spaces. Okay. So it can happen in cavity walls, it can happen in the roof, happen in flat roofs, happens in wherever there's a space. If the moist air passes through and actually then condenses inside the space, it will simply make the space wet. And it starts off making the space wet by having damp air, and then parts of it absorb it. I mean, some of the insulation materials absorb moisture. You can take it out the wall, stick it in water, and it becomes a wet clump, and you just squeeze water out of it. So that material absorbs the moisture and becomes wetter and wetter and wetter, and effectively becomes a wet blanket. Now, the government document and the BRE actually note it and report the fact that insulation that is wet isn't insulation. It works in the opposite way. So the only way to vent the actual property is to allow that moisture, which has a pressure, builds up a pressure within the structure, allow that pressure to be released. Now, it's pretty simple. It's not rocket science. It can be done, but it's basically saying release the pressure in the structure. Do not seal the structure up. That's all we're saying. What venting releases that pressure? Oh, well, there's quite simply put in vents in various parts of the house, outside, nothing to do with inside the house, outside, in a way so that the pressure is released and that therefore allows all these spaces to be dry. And when they're dry, when the insulation is dry, the insulation works. When the insulation is wet, it doesn't work. It works in the opposite way because water will remove energy 20 times faster than air. So it takes 20 times more heat to try and warm that wet patch up than it does to warm up a dry air. Understood. <laughs> I hope you did because you can tell me what I said. <laughs> no, I, got it. I got it. Robert, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget if you want to be part of the next podcast. Email your questions to robert at dampdetectives.co.uk. The Damp Detectives podcast was presented by John Isles. Copyright Damp Detectives, produced by Fresh Air Studios. Mm-hmm.